Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another installment of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky, and I am joined by my co-host, Corey DLG. Corey, we are getting ready for the Cleveland Browns coming to Houston. We got all the Deshaun Watson stuff out of the way earlier this week. Now we're going to be looking at the X's and O's. I got to be honest with you, off the top, not super pumped about hosting Nick Chubb. No, no, it's not a good matchup for us. Um, he's a top 10 running back in the league, top 15 running back in the league. Um, I, I suspect he's going to put... He's going to put some serious yardage on the board this weekend, yeah. I I would agree with you as well. We're going to get into all the X's and O's here in a minute. We're also going to make our picks. But before we get to all of that, let's get to some news. Going and perusing the injury report today, we have some first-rounders not in practice. Left guard Kenyon Green, cornerback Derek Stingley Jr., it looks like the Texans are going to be going missing some key stars. You had Rex Burkhead also. He's not a rookie, but uh, he was out with a concussion. You had Brandon Cooks and Christian Harris limited in practice. They're going to be going into this game banged up, and they're already thin at pretty much every position. Uh, if you could get one player back, is it Derek Stingley or is it help on the offensive line? Uh, it's Warren Moon. If I could just bring one player back to the Houston <laughs> Texans to help with this, or Arian Foster maybe, uh, and just have Arian one Foster and Damian to Pierce. To former glory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that what you meant? Like, if you could have I'd a meal with anyone, living or dead. Uh, no, because I mean, what he can't hike it to himself. To quote Giselle, um, he can't. But I feel like that would be like just throw it up to him, just launch it to him. Uh, no, down there somewhere. <laughs> I think I think Hopkins was a little bit better at the just throw it in the air guy. Uh, I'll say this though. Hey, what was the injury report on Brandon Cooks? Did it just say comma quitter? Uh, <laughs> no, it said was... calf. It was a calf. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. He strained his calf muscle complaining to the radio stations. Okay. Potentially. Um, I don't know did, what the did, calf injury was from. It just said calf. <laughs> did Did his calf go out carrying the weight of knowing he didn't care anymore as he walked out of the locker room? Uh, Potentially. What, what, what was the Potentially. I mean, uh, no, I, I, if you could have any one of these guys back, I think the one that's most important is probably Kenyon Green, but only if he's healthy. And I'm glad if he's hurt that they're going to at least let him sit out the game and just tell people, look, he's hurt. That's why he hasn't been playing well the last two weeks. He's been trying to play through an injury, and we're getting embarrassed anyway, so let's just sit him down and let the backup go out there and embarrass himself. Um, I mean, I, well, it says illness for green, so I don't know. That's like one of those oh. when you're sick. It's one of those kind of gray areas where you're not sure if it's going to be a 24 hour thing or if he's going to be gone for the next four days. Who, who are these grown up NFL athletes getting? I thought like I thought I get sick. Like fat, lazy people get sick. What are these <laughs> athletes doing getting like 
It's not the point of being in shape and being fit and being all that stuff is that you don't get sick anymore. Am I wrong? Is this how the other half lives? Maybe it was some bad fish. If that dude is eating salmon, that's his own problem. I don't understand people who eat fish. I've never eaten fish in my life, except for like fried catfish or shrimp. Um, you don't like a good piece of salmon? No. What? What did oh, I win? Oh, some man. sort of elitist Olympics? No, I'm not eating salmon. What is that? It's not elitist. You can find good prices on salmon. It's just good protein, nice lean protein, good fats in there. Uh, oh yeah. Thank you, personal trainer Colton. I will make a note of that. As I, I go, you. as I go to get my thirty reps in, as I listen to a Katy Perry song, you 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 put that in a, a sauce with a little soy sauce and garlic and honey. Mm-mm-mm. Sear it up why in a do pan. I, why do I hate you more as you keep, as you finish this sentence? I don't know what's happening. It's just I've turned against you on principle alone. I don't even. Like... <laughs> you know what? We'll put a we'll put a fork in this and maybe finish this at a later time. <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest what? with you, I understand <laughs> protecting whatever quarterback is back there for the Texans and adding more protection. I kind of think they need Derek Stingley Jr. in this game more, though. I, I'm terrified of Deshaun Watson's arm and the possibility of play-action passes opening up huge gains for guys like Peoples Jones or uh, David Njoku. I, I just uh, feel like those guys are going to be running free 20 yards down the field uh, if they're having to kind of piecemeal this together I need to, in the secondary. I need to see Deshaun Watson actually make a couple throws before I'm going to be worried about where he throws. Um, I, I personally suspect it's going to take him a couple games to get back to any kind of form or rhythm it's been two years um and he's getting like one week of practice before this game so i don't i i not to say that i think our defense is going to go out there and pitch any kind of impressive performance uh however i just feel like i i want to see deshaun watson actually do something again before i start writing down like what am i afraid of from his game I need to know if he's still fast. I need to know if he still has the clock in his head when he's in the pocket. I need to know if he's still making reads and and knows the plays. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm more concerned about keeping the quarterback upright. Well, that's my thing though. Is that that that's my thing though? Is I'm not worried about him uh, dotting to guys twenty yards down the field when they're heavily covered or him making some tight conversions on third and uh, in eight. I, I'm worried about giving him a ton of opportunities for the really easy throws when you're, when you're bootlegging out. And so you don't have to feel the pressure. You're just running away from the pressure automatically and you're making throws to wide open guys. We've seen this zone really give some wide open options to quarterbacks. When you're throwing to wide open guys and it's easy pitch and catch stuff, and it's coming off of of uh, play action, so the reads are easier. It's I mean, this guy's been throwing a football since he was what in sixth grade <laughs> earlier, and so I I think it's it's not the Deshaun Watson stuff that we're used to seeing that I'm worried about. It's making it easy for him to get those to get those to get those easy completions that get a quarterback warmed up. 
that's what I'm a little worried about. Not to say that if Stingley is in this game, he's not going to get that <laughs> against that Texas defense. But I think you just you just really need everybody here to try and make it as tough on him as possible uh, because making those easy options available, that's what they have to avoid. If um, come I'm of the belief that the more open a guy is, the harder that throw is mentally. Um, also, I feel like he'll be, in, if he if he bootlegs left and there's nobody around, I kind of feel like he's going to be more inclined to just run it out there in the first few weeks until he feels a little more comfortable making throws. Because throwing on the run, even though that is something that's really natural to his game, is probably still going to be something that, there's going to just be a sense of, like, cobweb and, like, can I do... You know, like, you're coming back from an injury or something, and, you, and you, the first few weeks you're like, oh, I just want to get hit and just really feel it again. Quarterbacks probably go through that same thing. I don't know. I've never been one. But I would assume they go through that same mentality of, of like, ah, oh, I just need to get a few throws out. So I, I don't know... I don't disagree completely. I mean, honestly, we need all the help we can get. Like, if we could wave a wand and put everyone back on the field except Brandon Cooks, then I would do it. Um, uh, We need all the help we can get, but the truth is, you know, we haven't done a very good job of keeping people upright, and I do believe they're going to be running Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney at us, so that's going to be a problem. No, you're you're absolutely right, and I wanted to get into some of the – the stats here, but before we do that, the other piece of news is that Blake Cashman did sign uh, an extension, uh, a year extension with the a year-long extension with the Texans. Did you have any immediate thoughts on this? No, I mean, no. I I think there's going to be people who, you know, we need we need some kind of continuity going forward. We need to start kind of laying out who's going to be here next year. So I don't, I mean, the, I don't know. No, I mean, we wrong or right, we've got to start saying who's going to be here next year because we can't make all the changes at once, right? So, you know, that, that's that's a little too complicated for even, a, you know, a well-run franchise. Um, and it's funny because on the radio, on the sports talk, like you hear them waffling between Nick Casario's good at his job and Nick Casario's bad at his job. You hear him waffling between Lovey Smith knows what he's doing and, and, and doesn't know what he's doing. Um, so no, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it makes sense. To, we have to at least start laying out a plan of continuity of what's gonna what next year. What is the goal next year? What are we gonna look like next year? What are we going for next year? I mean, the defensive snap percentage for him the last few weeks uh, before the Miami game. Nine percent, seven percent, nine percent, nine percent, five percent, seven percent. Last week against my, <clears throat> excuse me, Miami, forty-two percent. I feel like that's probably they're probably going to end up playing him a decent amount the next couple of weeks. So we're going to get a better idea of what he actually looks like as a player. Yeah, and and again, uh, and I don't know, I don't know that any of the details on it. We have plenty of cap space. We've got plenty of room. And most pe- most contracts that people are signing, you know, the teams have options of getting out of paying them most of the money. So, you know, unless he somehow warranted some great guaranteed number, like it's not a huge loss to go out there and let him play the rest of this season at, at a high snap count, knowing that if he performs well, he's got a place here next season. I don't. I think 
I think most of these guys are playing under that assumption. Uh, he just happens to have it in writing now. Yeah, I'm looking up the his new contract stuff. I had his stats pulled up. Uh, I'm not seeing any numbers in in this, but yeah, it's just the the one year extension off his rookie off his rookie contract. So yeah, it's not gonna be it's not gonna yeah, be a I mean, cap hit or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, at, at most we're talking about the rookie. I think right now the rookie scale, I think it's between three and four hundred thousand your first year. So your second year is maybe between four and five hundred thousand. Okay, all right. You know, I mean, if he was any good, we were gonna want to see him back next year anyway. All very fair, very fair. All right, let's get into some stats here. I for the Texans taking on the Browns, hosting the Browns in Houston. Uh, a few things that stuck out to me. Uh, I don't want to beat this too much to death because we have talked about this over and over and over again, but it does bear repeating that this is going to be a tough game because the Cleveland Browns rank third in the NFL in yards on the ground at 1698, and they're second in the league in rushing <laughs> touchdowns with 18 rushing touchdowns, only behind the Eagles. So that is where they're clearly going to want to go early and often. And that's definitely where they want to go. Want to go in the red zone as well. Both tough statistics for the uh, for the Texans defense. One interesting thing: the Cleveland Browns ranked 19, or excuse me, 17th in the league in passing yards. That's with uh, Jacoby Brissett. I know that we've talked a little bit about how. Deshaun Watson, it's reasonable to think he could have a fair amount of rust coming into this game. Do you think that it's unreasonable to believe that the version of their passing attack is not going to be what they've seen in previous weeks, though? Is it is it one of those where the tape could be actually kind of deceiving for them? Well, I, I mean, they're not going to change a lot of what they do um, because they – their expectation, Deshaun Watson got to participate in the mini camps and training camp and all that, and was given a copy of the playbook. So their expectation is that he's coming in to run this same offense. So everyone else is going to be doing the same things. Uh, I don't think they ran. What's I mean, different they're is going that, from a Taurus to a Ferrari, though. I don't know if they ran the exact same stuff yeah, with Brissett in there. I, I, I think they did. I think, or I think one of the reasons they got Brissett is not that he's known for this, but that he's a big enough guy that he could run a few yards if he needs to. Uh, more of a Josh Allen than a Deshaun Watson, but, you know, a bigger, stockier guy, and if he needed to break from the pocket and get four or five yards, he could. Um, so I don't, I, I do think they think that this offense will perform better with Deshaun Watson running it, but I don't think that they want to do anything different. Um, they'll Maybe what they will change up probably is the ratio of run to pass plays. You know, uh, because they were running a lot, and part of the reason their their running statistics are so high is they were running a lot to help cover up the fact that Jacoby Brissett isn't Deshaun Watson. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is a backup quarterback, and bad quarterbacks are somebody you want to be able to throw out there, and over any length of time, you want them to win you 500 for, you know, half of your games. Um, If you play six games, you want them to go three and three. If you come back from a six-week injury and you're three and three, then the backup did his job, and you're you should be still within the range that you want to be in. Um, so my bigger issue is I think that this offense will try a little too hard at first, 
you know, trying to make every play a home run because they want to make Deshaun Watson look good, especially here in Houston. Uh, and I wonder if how our defense is going to handle that because I think I think Cleveland's going to come in amped up to a twelve, you know, high on emotion, ready to just go. And our defense has to be able to to ride that emotional wave those first few possessions of the first quarter or first half, and get Cleveland to calm back down to to a a level they can deal with. Because if they come out swinging and excited and ecstatic and and playing out of their minds, and then they go on three scoring drives in a row, and, it, and we look up and it's 21-3, to three and there's 10 minutes left in the second quarter. We're in a lot of trouble. Well, and one thing we did, the one guy we haven't mentioned yet, Kareem Hunt, he's kind of built, he's like built in a lab to get a quarterback, a quarterback's feet wet in a game. I mean, the way he catches uh, the sc- the screen passes, the way he can take those to the house, uh, running out of the slot, little wheel route stuff that he does, the way he tracks the ball in the air down the field for a running back. He's kind of built to have out there for some of those easy pitch and catch throws, those little sideline uh, arrow routes uh, out of the slot to the sideline. Those are all throws that are going to be really short, easier passes for Watson. And Kareem Hunt is excellent in not only snagging those for a running back, but also turning those into tons and tons of yak yards as well. So he's one guy who I think he could potentially have a pretty big game this week if they want to just ease Watson into that playbook. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it was telling when coming into this season, he flat out asked to be traded. And Cleveland said, no, when Deshaun Watson comes back, you're going to want to be on this team. Um, <laughs> We're going to watch you around. So, yeah, uh, I I do. I think that that was really telling of what their plans are for him. I think you're right. I think he'll be targeted between handoffs and pass attempts, probably, probably in that 10 to 12 times area. Remember they, used to, remember they used to call it the Randy ratio? Like if you threw it five times, two of them have to go to Randy Moss or something like that. <laughs> I think early on there is going to be like a kind of a Kareem ratio because you're right. The hardest guy – so when you're when you're lining up and you're matching up offense-defense, the hardest guy to cover is the running back because you don't know which way he's going to break out of the backfield, first of all. So your linebacker has to be on his toes and has to be watching him through the offensive line and through the traffic as the play develops. And then on top of that, he's got to tackle him in the open field if it's a, if it's a simple little flat route where it's one on one, no one is around for the next six yards. Because if he misses that tackle, the linebacker, if they miss that tackle, then then Kareem Hunt has nothing but green in front of him for almost a first down, just easy in a lot of in a lot of formations and plays. So, yeah, it, it, he's going to be somebody they're probably going to use and try and get in motion, in mismatches, on the edge, um, you know, all the way out at the sideline, one-on-one with somebody, and, and just really kind of create opportunity for him to, to break one tackle and then be given so much green green yardage from it. It feels like a game where Cleveland is going to want to shorten the game. They always do want to shorten the game by running a lot. It feels like the Texans should let them run that style. play back I mean just the most again if you're a bad team you should want there to be as few possessions in the game as possible right that means every mistake is more of a problem the and so just let them run the ball and then 
it's going to be tough. Cleveland is number 10 in the NFL as far as an offense converting in the red zone. Their red zone percentage is at 60%. So that's going to be where they're going to have to try and flip this game is, hey, you know what? We're just going to have a bunch of DBs out there. We're going to dare you to throw the, to run the ball and beg you to run the ball. we got to stiffen up in the red zone and then hope that some of that rust for Deshaun Watson translates into maybe a pick or two and this game goes really fast so a, an interception means a lot more but that's I think that kind of has to be the strategy is just let them burn you on the ground when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that Learn more at marines.com. Because they're going to be able to do it anyways. I was about to say, I, I, I'm intrigued by your idea of letting them. Uh, is that what we've been doing this this whole time? Just just letting them? It's all uh, the ploy. <laughs> <laughs> we've been playing rope-a-dope for the first two-thirds of the season. Now we're ready. Now you're ready. Um, I, I don't I Yeah, listen, if you're a bad team, you want to get off the field as fast as possible. The Texas games have been ending earlier and earlier and it's because they're not using their timeouts in the second half. They're not they're not like running a lot of two minute drills where they're spiking the ball and throwing down the field. And it's because we're not in these games anymore. Um but I I don't know. I you want them to run for clock reasons, but we're not gonna want them to run for game purposes because they're they're they'll be successful runs is the problem. So no, <laughs> we want him. We want him to throw fifty times. I believe Deshaun Watson has a losing record when he throws more than thirty times or something like that. If I remember back correctly, I just don't think that a loaded box is going to do much to stop the running game. So you might as well just throw a bunch of guys in the secondary. I don't think twelve men on the field is going to do much to stop the running game. Like I don't know what we're supposed to do. Exactly. To stop it. So just throw a bunch of guys in the secondary. Let them get their yards on the ground and hope more. DBs out there can create a turnover and make stuff more chaotic in the red zone. So just never adjust to the run. Stay stay in past defensive packages, nickels and dimes the whole way down the field. Absolutely. <laughs> just try just try and make sure that every drive they have is like eight minutes. Uh there was somebody uh somebody who played the Baltimore Ravens. Who they never had less than seven DBs on the in the on the field at a time, and it was simply to match his speed with their speed. And another like they were playing them as linebackers, playing them as but on the roster they were all DBs, and it was they were playing their fastest fastest guys on defense just to keep up with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it let's makes do me, it. it makes it makes me think about like the uh, when Carolina used to play Atlanta in the Michael Vick days, and they would just 
their game plan would be five defensive linemen on the line every every play. Let's do it. I'm in. Certain certain quarterbacks, certain teams just get special packages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Let, right. It's called the uh, the shorten the game package is what it's called. <laughs> Uh, I mean, listen, if you were playing Peyton Manning, he would opt into a run every single time. And he would even tell you, like on TV, he would he says all the time, like, if I looked up and there were seven guys in the box or eight guys in the box, yeah, I'm, opt- I'm opting to the run because we have the numbers in that situation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if we go out there and just leave seven, you know, if we throw seven DBs out there all the time, then they'll be, you know, they'll be more than happy to do it. They'll be more than happy to run over and over again. The problem is at some point we're going to want them to stop running. On the defensive side of the ball for Cleveland, they are allowing 26 points per game. That's third most in the NFL. Is there a chance that you see some sort of offensive pulse from this team? The Texans, I I mean. Oh, oh. Yeah, listen, if there's a game that they're going to come out and be prepared for and come out swinging for. It's got to be this one of the Cowboys. Other than that, there's not another game on the schedule that they should even care about. So, yeah, I, I hope so. I hope they come out swinging. I hope they come out and try and act like they're going to beat them. Um, I don't think it will look like that, but I hope so. If there was ever a game to score more than 20 points... This would it's be this the game. One. It's this one or the Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. They just can't they can't seem to break around that like 16 point barrier for most of these games. No, because the way they're scoring is by running down the field and it takes forever because they're doing it 4 yards at a time. Uh, you know, every third down they're going to get a first down, but okay, it took a minute and 20 seconds to get it. So, <laughs> you know, I mean one drive a quarter is basically what it works out to. Um, so, yeah, it gets really hard to get to that third touchdown. And when if they go to passing the ball, I mean, the Cleveland Browns have are ninth in the league, I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in the league in uh, QB hurries per drop back. Uh, so <laughs> that's not great either, especially – Considering the two guys that are going to be throwing passes are either Kyle Allen or Davis Mills, not yeah. the best under pressure. Is there is there is there no one we can call? Is there not like a Rodney Pete or like a um? Is Vinny Testaverde? Did he finally turn his phone off? Are we are we out of options at quarterback? Like, can we get Fitzmagic? <laughs> I don't know. He looks pretty comfortable on that Amazon set. I was watching the game tonight. By the way. The Patriots are now basically out of the playoffs. Well, that's what happens when you lose six games. Six and six. Also, they put up the playoff ladder. Tampa Bay is leading their division again at five and six. Anything's possible. So why would you shut down the Fitzmagic conversation so quickly? Uh, I I, I, I Anything's possible. (laughs) I don't think he's coming out of retirement for anything less than What's like What's the number they have to offer him under 25. the table? $25 million. Just under the table, just, okay, come on. You, 
We know you can sling it still. Just come back, okay? Mattress back's gonna give you mattress. <laughs> mattress back's gonna give you a thirty million dollar sponsorship to Gallery Furniture. Come on, just come, just come back. It's just a come few on. weeks. Yeah, I, you it, know what, man? You just have to play four games. Here's if I was a retired quarterback, right around week seven, any team where their guy has run out the rope, my agent should be calling and like, I'll come out and play ten games for you, like. Give me 15, 20 million. What's the worst thing that can happen, right? Like, oh no, they broke my leg and now I'm done for real. All right, I got another 20 million. I'm okay with that. Like, no biggie. <laughs> like, I would I would be taking calls if I was Fitzpatrick, but I, I, I not from the Texans. I mean, just the his ability to actually stretch the field would be so helpful. Chicago, uh, the Jets, um... No, the Jets have Mike White. They're set. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're ready to rock and roll now. Um, one game. That's all it takes in New York to have, like, oh, you had one great game? You will forever be uh, worshipped. He respected. looked good last year, though, too. They still went and drafted a guy, so he didn't look that good. That doesn't – he still looked good. He looked better than Fitzmagic's going to look right now. A hundred percent. I don't. Do you think that's true? Fitzpatrick has a record. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think if if I was granted, like again, it's a really easy job for you know Amazon's overpaying him. You know he's probably making too much money to be doing what he's doing. I don't know that he would. That's why I'm saying it has to be an under the table deal because they'd have to pay him an obscene amount of money under the table. He signs for like the veterans minimum, and then they also like three years from now we find out it's like. Oh, isn't it weird that the Texans bought a a book deal with Fitz Matt, with Ryan Fitzpatrick for forty million dollars or something like that? <laughs> they they just arrange for all these weird sponsorships. Todd's Car Wash suddenly is sponsoring Fitzpatrick for five million dollars. Dude, I'm telling you right now, if I was an NFL owner, I would I would be I would be able to bury people in hidden money if I was an NFL owner. Remember the last two like. What was it? Two or three years when Dirk had that really good contract, and then it came out that Mark Cuban bought like Dirk's uh, documentary that he made for like a crazy amount of money. And it's like, oh, that's how you worked around the salary cap. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's done stuff like that before too, though. We're like, again, it's. You I'm know, just saying the blueprint well, but is they out, found out This is not like the first time that yeah, for sure. done this. Not at all. Well, in the Brooklyn Nets, it came out because Kyrie Irving two years ago was complaining and some text got leaked or whatever. Remember, he was complaining that one of the one of the big three's girlfriends, remember, they're all married. One of their girlfriends was, uh, well, the Nets were paying for a house for them to live in Brooklyn. I guess James Harden isn't married. Uh, but it was, it was one of the one of the guys who was getting a girlfriend. Their home paid for by the Brooklyn Nets, and the league was investigating whether that's an improper benefit. Of course it is. Like we pay them salary. That's the only benefit they're supposed to be able to get, right? Like you pay salary and you can give them food and training and all that. Every, anything else is, is extra. Remember the NFL got mad because one of the head coaches told a kicker, "If you make this kick, I'll give you a bottle of your favorite wine." And the NFL was like, that could be considered a compensation, uh, blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, it happens all the time. So just pay Fitz Magic a little extra money, and let's have a quarterback that can actually make some downfield throws. Uh, he can he can hit the sidelines. Let's let's get somebody. That's why I think at least a, a bevy of NFL throws. Yeah, that's why I think these NIL deals are crazy. Like how how are we going to find out like three years from now that University of Alabama gave like a hundred million dollars to small businesses to give to athletes for contracts? You know what I mean? Like how how are we how do we know that these businesses that are sponsoring these players, the money isn't coming from the schools. Cause if I was out, if I was Alabama or anybody, that's exactly what I would do. I would go to every one of my small businesses. I would go to the, what are the, what are the little town hall groups that they have for businesses? Oh, uh, chambers. I'd literally would walk. Yeah. Yeah. The chambers of commerce. I would walk in and I would say, guys, listen, everyone huddle up. We're about to be the best football team in the country. And here's how I'm going to write checks to you guys. You're going to take 10% of it and keep it. And then you're going to give the rest to the player uh, and you're going to sponsor them. Uh, and I got to, you know, you're going to be middleman for me and work out how much it's going to cost for them to come play for us. And I'll, we'll just, we'll make it work. Like there's, there would be nothing against the law for the college to use the company as services rendered. And then the company pay the athlete the money. Well, college has been the worst of it, of the rankings. If you're it, ranking well, CD underbelly, it, <laughs> first sports, oh, we've but been, this stuff this stuff happens at every level. We've been covering forever how the NCAA, the NCAA is one of the most corrupt and just feckless organizations ever. But my thing is like now that the veil is dropped and NIL deals are real, like uh, Libby Dunn, I follow her on Instagram. The girl's beautiful. She's the LSU gymnast, and she's making three or four million dollars a year in like clothing and bathing suits and underwear and whatever else are paying her money. My thing is. Okay, she's a star. She's a real, genuine star. She's pretty. She's articulate. She's smart with her business decisions. Why isn't LSU funneling like $10 million into her to make her a real brand ambassador for them? Because they probably don't have to. Because they know that boosters or all these other sources with tons of money come along. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I just I think it's a smarter business model. I think it's time to be, it's time to be new. Instead of taking money from these old fat greasy palms that have ruined college sports like they have a chance right now to really shift the paradigm and change who who has value and where the money comes from and all of these opportunities and instead of enriching their community which they easily could do with these nil deals you know shady or not but instead they're, they would rather just have old boys shake hands and slip you hundred dollar bills in envelopes still and i think it's just a fact Again, like if I was if I was University of Louisiana, I'd go to the Chamber of Commerce, and every business in my community would be getting a ten percent cut off of two million dollar deals and three million dollar deals, and everyone would be making money, and everybody would be happy. Yeah, those just build those build a new locker room. <laughs> yeah, uh, Boudreaux, who has an oil rig in his backyard and and gets gets you know four million dollars a year from Shell Exxon, he'll just keep writing two million dollar checks to LSU because go Tigers. And, and then they won't ever change. Go Tigers! Go Tigers. And then they'll just never change anything. That's what blows my mind. Like, they could do so... It, the whole system could be so much better. And yeah, I know we got all this weird tangent off of paying Ryan Fitzpatrick $40 million on the table, but I'm, but seriously, I don't understand why teams don't do that more often. Because college sports is a dark, twisted web, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. That's, that's the reason. And, there you go. And none of it's for the benefit of the student. None of it. Of course not. 
Hey, let's make some let's make some picks here on this game. But before we do that, Corey, let's hear from our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best segue we've ever done in all of this. <laughs> we've just spent ten minutes talking about the CD underbelly of money, and now I'm gonna read all of our ads. <laughs> Don't you love it? <laughs> this guy's is radio. Uh, Ace's Law Firm, it's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has hundreds of hours of hands-on instruction in a lab learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist. Because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297, or visit dwilawyerhouston.com. It's time to trade in your mask for face masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Splat Zone is a great, low-impact, family-friendly experience, and if you use their website to make reservations, you can get 5% off by using the code BATTLEREDSPLAT. Uh, all right, let me also tell you guys about the Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more in the Adventure Begins Stadium. It's at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130 in Conroe, Texas, right there at the Marcel Town Center. These guys are awesome. Uh, and Nico and I are actually going to be there this weekend doing a charity event. Uh, every year we do the Nerd Thug Takeover there. The uh, employees have a Christmas party. And so Nerd Thug Radio and some friends, we volunteer and every dollar that – I think every dollar that gets spent in the store while we're there goes to charity. Uh, it might be a percentage, so that's why I'm uncertain. But I'm pretty sure it's every dollar spent. And the store usually matches it. So come hang out at the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. Uh, this weekend from 5 to midnight on Saturday, December 3rd at the 525 Woodland Square Boulevard Suite 130 in Conroe, Texas. And you can meet Nico and myself as we, uh, do some volunteer work. Uh, Colton said no. He said no charity work. <laughs> He's very busy. Uh, no, <laughs> he doesn't live in Houston, so he can't do it. Uh, <laughs> rude as hell. <laughs> All right. That, those are the ads, Colton. We, we've sold out enough. Uh, we gave none of that to the Chamber of Commerce either, I guess. I'm glad to you threw honest. me under the bus at the end there, too. That was a nice way to finish. Uh, <laughs> We're a team here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. All right, you monster. Let's make some picks. We've got <laughs> we've got the Texans home dogs by seven points, and the over-under is 47 and a half. What do you like? What do you see? Oh. What do you say? I I think we wound up being wrong last week when we the we we correctly took the the points, but we incorrectly picked the over under. If I remember right, right? We were off by Cause two points because the Texans wound up scoring fifteen out of out of nowhere. Um, oh, I kind of want to do the same thing again, and I think that and I think it's going to be the same result. Uh, where. We're gonna get one of them right, and the other one's gonna be off by like one point. But I, I do, I think, I think the Texans lose by more than seven. And I think 
The over, uh, no, I think the under is good because I don't think there's enough points on the Texans side of it. Yeah, I just, I can kind of see right the at Texans the marker, getting right? some garbage time points because the Cleveland Browns yeah, do but, let up a lot of points. But 47 and a half is a problem. Like, that's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. And it's a lot thinking, of points for us. You're thinking what? They're they're going to run the ball a lot, this is, especially the first quarter. They're going to run the ball a ton because it's Deshaun's first game back. And, uh, and we're going to run it a ton because we don't have a quarterback. Yeah. The game's going to be shorter. What are we thinking? 31, 31-10, which is still the under. Kind of sounds maybe right. 31-13. 28-31-24, somewhere in that range. Yeah, 24-31, to 31, somewhere in there. They're going to go and score at least once a quarter. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that, at least. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going with the minus seven, 100%. Yeah, yeah. This is a different team than the first what nine weeks of the season. Yeah, I think I think the I think the fight has left the building. I think I think they're just I think they're tired and I think they're frustrated and I think no amount of coaching right now is gonna listen. It's it's the Frank Wright thing. Remember how I said people are tired of hearing him talk in that building because it's been four years and they get the same results. Mm. It's kind of a micro version of that. Lovey Smith was is right in what he says. He knows what he's talking about. But they were one six and one, and it, it it stopped mattering, and and now they're it's just gotten worse. Yeah, yeah, it could be, it could be pretty rough. I'm I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the under as well. I don't know if it's because it's, we got burned last week by it, or if it just feels <laughs> like this team can't really get more than thirteen points. If if they had if they had said like forty four. I'd 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 have leaned maybe to the over, but forty seven and a half is just so many points for this game. Yeah, it really is. It's gonna end up being like twenty eight seven, and just the fourth quarter is like two minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna have trouble doing the credits. You know how like sometimes in the first quarter teams are so fast that they forget to do like and this is the offensive line. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be like that, but at the end when they're trying to thank everybody. Really quickly, before we close out here, one thing I forgot to touch on that I wanted to mention quick. Uh, I don't okay. know. Have you seen the, the CBS coverage maps of what games are aired where? No. So this is a thing that popped up a couple of days ago. The coverage map for CBS, who's going to have this game, the Cleveland Browns-Texans game, has now been willed down to basically Houston and Cleveland. Yeah. It's getting shown nowhere else. Oh, I see what you mean. So, like, CBS has four games, and they divide up usually, like, yeah, large by, by where you, swaths by what of the region, country. They, do, they divide yeah. up by what region or if they think it's going to be a big game. You know, like, if it's a I gotcha. matchup, more people are going to see it. Like, the, the Buffalo Bills-Vikings game, almost everybody in the country had that game on their TVs, right? Right. Uh, and for, for the coverage map for – the four games that CBS has in that early window, it's literally, it's like two spots in Texas and Cleveland, Ohio, and that's it. <laughs> it's isolated we like did it. two cities. So if you live more than an hour away from Houston, you may have to phone a friend to find out how we do. May, you might, <laughs> honestly. That's how tight it was. It was crazy. 
The NFL is so embarrassed by this whole situation. Hey, by the way, or maybe we were it's wrong, not even the NFL. Maybe it's just like CBS. Maybe it's just the the television. Yeah, CBS covering. We, they're like retired people turning stuff off. We were wrong. Denver did have one more primetime game. NFL announced this week they flexed them out of it, though. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, we were trying to that, count, and we were like, they don't have any more, right? And we were like, no, no, they're done, they're done. That's, Turns that's out they had one decision. more. <laughs> and NFL was like, hey, Denver, uh, you can play the early, right? And they were like, yes, please. Houston doesn't have any primetime games either. I don't think they're going to get flexed into anything. Uh, that Colts game still hasn't been scheduled. Like, they might just not even schedule it. Is that it possible awesome for us to finish the season with 16 games? Like, nobody cares. <laughs> We're good. We've seen enough from these teams. <laughs> the only the only way like they might be obligated to play the game is if the Colts are somehow in a tie like for draft position. I say just flip a quarter. I think we've seen all we need to see from these teams <laughs> by week 17. <laughs> but like, if they have the same number of losses as somebody or the same number of wins, so they're like, we need to see where they place. Uh, but maybe if they can get a unique number by themselves in the ranking, then I think uh, if I'm maybe gonna see a Matt Ryan, Kyle Allen duel. I think I might be sick. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Saturday versus Lovey Smith. <laughs> I think I might. I think I might be physically ill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna miss that week. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just disgusting. All right, so there you have it. We're both taking the sp- the the points for the Browns, and we're both taking the under gonna be yes. an interesting game <laughs> yeah hey i do want to say this i i i got i have to finally admit that i was wrong uh one of my predictions for the season was the nfc east i guess technically the philly giants dallas washington division yep uh i i i really thought two or three of these teams would fall off um as of right now all four teams are qualified for the playoffs so all yeah. three wildcard spots are the NFC East, so I guess I was—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll cop to it. I was—I was wrong about that. That division has been insane, and they didn't even put up a graphic for anybody in the hunt. I don't know if that means everyone's more than like two losses away from them. I don't know what that means, but no, I, the NFC is—is is it I, just I think, that wide open? I think that it's just that wide open, honestly. Gee, wow. I need, to, I need to look at that because on the AFC side, they were like the Patriots and the Chargers are in the hunt because they're one loss out of the wild card picture. Then when they put up the NFC side, they didn't put anybody in the hunt. Nobody. And I was like, wow. Well, think of all the okay. four-win teams in the NFC. Is that what it is? Is that there's is there's literally no one? Because I, I think the Commanders are, I don't know, seven... Seven and three right now, seven and four. So are they all that good? It just feels like there's a little less middle ground in the NFC than the AFC. They're pro- that's probably exactly what it is. I'm trying to get to the standings right now. It's just as now that I've said that. That's probably exactly what it is, though. Let's see. Yeah, the Commanders are seven and five. Giants are seven and five. Eagles are ten and one, and Dallas is eight and three. The division is popping off. Yeah. And then, so moving over to, show me, Tom. Okay, here we go. Well, I mean, like, Seattle is 6-5. and five. Why didn't they get a in-the-hunt graphic? Um, it's also weird that Tampa at 5-6 and six is the best team in their division. Like, 
gosh. Did you watch any of the those those uh, NFC South games? I, it's not super surprising. <laughs> well, Carolina doesn't know what they're doing at quarterback. I was really disappointed in, in Baker Mayfield. I really thought he was going to – I thought after the shoulder surgery he was going to kind of rehab it, and he's been terrible. But Atlanta with Marcus Mariota has been awful. The Saints are exactly who I thought they were. I laughed at you at the beginning of the year when you were like, the Saints have got this. It's been – the Rams are, are a surprise, though. Three and eight. The Rams mortgaged their future. They did the Lakers thing. They mortgaged their future for a title. And now they're paying, yeah, and they, the, they're paying the check. That's And that's fair. And, and they were going to because they haven't had a first-round pick in like three or four years, and they don't have another one for like two more years, I think. Um. But yeah, and I think it's their interesting. Roster is that just older. The not Cowboys. Only, not only have they not had draft picks in a while, but they also are bringing in guys who are kind of ring chasing. Yeah, they they perpetually trade that first round pick for another twenty six year old, and so they don't they don't have that youthful third of their roster that most teams have. Uh, you're you're right about that. But yeah, I, I mean the Seahawks are technically in the hunt, or are people just like Geno Smith can't get it done? They don't believe. Nobody's in the hunt by the way, in the NFC. And the by the way, Houston, if you, Texans aren't in the hunt either, just in case people are yeah, wondering. Yeah, that's true. By the way, if you stack the NFC like by wins losses, like for the playoff chart, if you're going to the point differential side, both the Giants and Commanders are the first two negatives, minus seven, minus three. Then the Seahawks are plus ten. Like they play good football. I don't know why the you know they should have at least been in the hunt. That's a weird graphic they threw up then. All right, that's oh, all I got. Luck. I was just I was just looking at it and I was like, I guess it's time to say I was wrong. Well, we appreciate you admitting that you were wrong, Corey. Always good to hear. Now, that's what we'll we'll end it right there. That's a nice place to end it. Corey was wrong, and that's another episode of Battle Red Radio. He's Corey <laughs> DLG, my co-host. I'm Colt Molesky, your host. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure you're subscribing wherever you find this podcast because we will be hitting you with more content at, to close out your weekend and to put a wrap on the Browns-Texans games for now. This is Battle Red Radio. <laughs>